The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back and let's get this fucking show started. Cool. I got the keys ready to come in you know, come and play music. Tony. What is his name, is Tony? He's about to be <laughs> Lois could never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Ah! Ah! Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh no, you wanted to play Little Bean instead. Aquaman's a hero! Let's see what Spider-Man number one looks like. I guarantee you blow the road like a shot. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic Forum, assemble! You're listening to Fantastic Forum, All Games Radio's premier comic book show and your live weekly show about comic books. We are the Fantastic Forum, coming to you live and direct from All Games Studio Los Angeles. Hope you're having a wonderful morning afternoon evening or night as the case may be depending on where you are in the world and if you're not you should stick with us while we take it up a notch you have half of the usual suspects in the building with me today the backbone the pillar the strength of fantastic form our nigh invulnerable brawler and resident strongman moses magnum man you got here right on time because i started Indeed. without anybody i was like prepared <laughs> uh, Indeed, uh, indeed. I called Joe, and all I hear is, "Hello," and uh, he's uh, he was like walking home. I guess he had something to do, you know. Yeah. Especially like I know I know you had a couple doctor's appointments and things, so I'm like, well, you know, just call us when you get home. I'll figure it out. I basically I was gonna do the the whole spiel and then just go into a heavy metal minute to buy me time. Right. And then uh, yeah. And then start reviewing Kiss, but yeah, but we're here. <laughs> we we got it right. <laughs> Bam, making it happen. My name is Lawrence Young. They call me Mary Young. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. As as you can see, we got a great show for you today. We're gonna be talking. We're gonna be uh, reviewing. Uh, it, oh man, it's Kiss versus. You know, I thought it was Kiss versus, but it's just called Kiss Zombies. Oh, okay. Well, we're gonna be reviewing Kiss Zombies today. Uh, I'm going to be talking to you all a little bit about uh, The Road to Empire, number one. We'll review that as well. Um, and, you know, just talk to you about a whole bunch of stuff in general, man. It's, it's Free Play Friday, you know. We're going to talk about whatever else it is that you all want to talk about. Uh, if you want to get in on the action, uh, I guess here's how. 
Want to get in on the action? Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room oh, available and, uh, at allgames.com before we do that, slash live. We want to make sure that we join thank the Scott Rubin, All Games Radio, you know you the All Games Radio Network, and of course you all, the All Games community. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was still going. Oh, it's still going. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. But it's, you got the important part. You just, like, it, it took me a little bit. I had to... The the screen was minimized, so I had to scroll. <laughs> so I gave about took an extra second, but it's not it, it that's not that's not your fault, Mo. Yeah, uh, as no, I understand, okay. but uh, but yeah, thanks to Scott Rubin and the All Games community. You all are awesome. We we appreciate all the support you've given us throughout the years. So thank you. Uh, we hope that we can be a bit of a support to you, uh, maybe while you're at home right now. Uh, if you are at home, like like uh, the intern said, feel free. Call in. Let us know what, what's going on with you. Like, just come chat with us for a little bit. Let us know you're doing all right. Uh, we can talk comics. We can talk movies that, you know, you've been watching at home. We can talk TV that you've been watching at home. Uh, we, you know, all types. Whatever projects you're doing, let us know, man. Because uh, the, the world is a wild place now with people having this much free time and, and trying to figure out where to direct their energies. Yeah. I feel like a vault dweller. Like, <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't have this in chat, Mo, so maybe you can look this up while I'm telling the people what this is, and you could put this in chat, but I saw a post of a guy who built a Megatron at a cardboard, and, you know, I'm saying to you, okay, cardboard Megatron, people, I'm sure people are like, well, that sounds interesting or whatever, and it is because it looks really good. Like it basically looks like an action figure prototype, but it's made out of cardboard and you can tell because it's brown. But the part that really kind of sends it into another stratosphere, one, it actually does transform. That's a big part. I mean, that's a big deal in and of itself. But I'm sure at this point in this conversation, you're saying to yourself, Okay, yeah, you know, that's interesting. Like, you know, building transformable transformers out of cardboard, that's like, you know, that takes some skill. But I'm sure at this point you're thinking about, like, you know, hey, it's the size of about a regular transformer, like an action figure size, or maybe, well, it's cardboard, maybe it's a little bit bigger. Listen, this fool built a transformable Megatron from cardboard that fits, that's like the size of his couch. It's like insane. Like it's it's huge. Like I saw the first picture and I'm like, man, that looks really good. Then I saw the picture of it transformed. Oh, that's not the picture, Moses. No, oh, that's not it. Moses, no, Moses. That's somebody's like, well, pretty cool cosplay <laughs> costume, but <laughs> oh, a bird in chat says, does the cardboard Megatron play cassette tapes? Why would Megatron play cassette tapes, Burr? What, Burr? You're supposed to be better than this. I, I'm not asking you to be a big Transformers fan, but you know, uh, Tire Claw asked, "Can it transform t- into the gun?" No, it does. He did the 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 uh, tank transformation of Megatron. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, and you know, I mean, Megatron hasn't been a gun. Uh, in in you know any kind of like Transformers fiction in I don't know how long I guess since the 80s actually because he they made him a tank 
when they did the G2 era, and he's been pretty much a tank since. So, yeah, that's pretty sad. I, I like Gun Megatron myself, too, but... Well, I like that, like, yeah, oh, he turns into a gun, but they use him, you know what I mean? Like, Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, like, and I, I know, like, you know, those are that's one of those toys that I, like, I love, I, I still love Megatron. Like, Megatron, Galvatron, like, any, all of those, like, the, the leader of the Decepticons, anybody that has, like, a, a, a certain standing in the Decepticon, you know, army is pretty cool with me. Like, I love how those guys carry themselves and whatnot. And uh, I wanted Megatron so bad, and my mom would not buy Megatron because it turned into a gun. Man. And, and I'm like, that, that sucks. And now you can't watch horror movies without peeing yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely related. <laughs> it's like, if mom had bought me Megatron... I'd be a, I'd be a man's man right now. I'd be America's version of a man's man. I'd, I'd be skinning a a baby deer right now, as the show's going on. I'm like, and spitting, spitting. <laughs> like both both ways. I'd be spitting into like a a a pot and actually rapping. I'd be doing both at <laughs> once. So, you know. But I'm gonna see if I can find this thing real quick, man, because I was just. I was blown away by this uh, this friggin' cardboard Megatron. That's so funny that that's the first thing that comes up. But I guess that would make sense because it's it's relatively new um, as far as like you know just like what this guy. <laughs> that's so funny, man. Okay, I found um, it. Yeah, cause I, like I, I I put cardboard Megatron COVID nineteen. Yeah, you know, because I figured this guy made it while you know in oh, isolation. Yeah. Now building something out of cardboard's hard because there's a lot of paper cuts. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's like cardboard is not a medium that you know is like. <laughs> it's not. It's not a medium that is is forgiving. And malleable, you know. So it's like it's one of these things. Yeah, I mean, sure, you can. I mean, you can do it, but it's not gonna really like do you many favors. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember when I worked at the art supply store, people would be like, "Oh, like I could just build it out of cardboard." And we would do the foam board, like we would suggest foam board, but foam board's more expensive because foam board is, um, whatchamacallit, you know, it's made out of, like, petroleum. So it would get, like, it would go up in price. It would fluctuate, you know? So mm-hmm. sometimes it was more expensive. And then there was a chipboard, which is like cardboard, but it's just pressed into a, sh- a thick sheet. You can do thick stuff or lighter stuff, you know? And that one's a little easier to work with, but then they would just get like cardboard, like corrugated cardboard, mm-hmm. and it's like I could just do it in corrugated cardboard. I'm like, all right, go all ahead. right. Like, Look, well, like, you oh, think you... that? Yeah, and then it's like, well, I just need like one box cutter, right? I'm like, well, yeah, one box cutter, but you need a lot of blades because right, it, you're, you're gonna you're gonna need three dozen blades. Yeah, and hopefully you get through it. Yep, because <laughs> once you start using the dull blades, that's it. You you ruin your shit. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's wild. 
It's really wild. Like, but I was looking at this and I was like, dude, like, I'm like, this person must live alone, right? Because who would, who, like, uh, yeah. even, even if, even if, you know, you know me, you all know how big of a Transformers fan I am. But if I came into the living room and this is what I saw, I would just be like, when did you do this? And why, why here? Like, do we not have a yard? Like, <laughs> why, why are you doing this inside the, it was like I was getting ready to mess around and, and do my calisthenics for the day. And Megatron is all in the floor. Like, where is, where is the coffee table? Where did you put that? You know? Yeah, that guy lives alone. <laughs> Listen, I'm not knocking it now. I'm not saying. I, I was just like, just the sheer size of it. Like, I was like, man, that is wild. And that is like some amazing artistry right there. Like, you know, like, wait, hold on. There's one more I'm going to put in of the face, like a close-up of the face. And I was just like, man, like this fool. Like, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I know that we all have a little bit more time. But, I, well, listen, I know I was like, do we have, like, maybe this isn't about time. Maybe this is just about the fact that this fool is good. Yeah, he like, probably he might had- be. He probably Sam? had planned it out for years. He's like, one day I'm going to do this, and then <laughs> I don't have the time. Right. <laughs> uh, Burr says, damn, that is hardcore. What if it rains, though? It'll ruin the cardboard. You can't put that outside. <laughs> it's like, we need a garage for our, our cardboard Megatron. <laughs> it's like, we have to pay for an extra parking spot now. It's crazy the face because you know when they would color uh, Megatron, like you would see where you know where the shadows and highlights and stuff, mm-hmm. and then the face actually has those highlights and shadows naturally. Absolutely, yeah, crazy. yeah. No man, it's good stuff, man. I was like, man, how how cool is that? Very damn cool. That's how. But you know, but I, I was like, man, like I I don't want to be. At home, feeling like, oh, I'm wasting my quarantine time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be at home. Like, oh man, cats are cats. Their house is achieving. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> nah. What are I, you doing? This the quarantine right now is is. Ever since Howard Stern came back, it's gotten it's made it a lot easier for me, cause. <laughs> It's it, he does a three hour show every day and and it's a little different now with the Zoom because he um he doesn't have the news segment and his, he still does his interviews but they're not the same like how they were yeah. before and, yeah uh so it, it's a little different but he does do a thing where you get a lot of people calling in because they're either in quarantine or working so you get their perspective. And, you know, we're all united because we're all listeners. So you either feel for them or happy for them or whatever. And But, you know, he starts at, what, 5 in the morning mm-hmm. my time. So I wake up at that time, do pre-production. Do, it gives me, like, a ru- the routine. So I'm like, all right, good. You know, like, uh, you know, it, it, it made it a lot easier. So, like, you, between you that. Out here, you out here building building cardboard Megatrons, too, Moses. Well, no, like, I, I, you out here, like. I woke up at 5 a.m., started production for the show, listening to Howard Stern. I'm like, 
This yeah. one woke up at 5 a.m.? Yeah. Like, well, yesterday I read two trade paperbacks at, while listening and read Cable One, uh, did the Heavy Metal Minute, worked out, and did some yard work, you know? And then by the time the show's done, that's half the day's gone. I Yesterday I was like, yeah, I'm just going to watch Big Bang Theory all night. So I just watched from the end of the show to like from 1 o'clock maybe to... I want to say 10 at night, and then I went to bed. Oh, no. At 10 at night, I turned off everything, all electronics, and I just read the Dark Tower regular-ass book. No pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. You're you're out here doing it. I'm like, jeez. What am I out here doing? (laughs) Today, I started the same. Like, I did the same thing. Like, only today, I I got a little later start because yesterday, I got so much done. And then I, di- I needed to do less pre-production today. So it's like, maybe I could sleep in till six. Yeah. And I did, but then it turned out I forgot to do the heavy metal minute yesterday for today. So I did that like 10 minutes before the show. It worked out all right. Okay, cool. I'm excited. I got heavy metal minute. Yeah. Oh, geez. I got to listen to the archive. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to... Well, what I would have been doing is I've been tacking, like, because I did one Monday. So right now it looks like it's three times a week. Um, But I, I did one Monday that, that I just tacked on at the end because we didn't get to it when we did it. Mm-hmm. Tuesday was a shorter show. It was just me and Joe talking about TV. Yeah. And we did a TV news segment. So that, I didn't do one that day. Wednesday... I did it, you know, and then yesterday yeah. I did not. Did I do one yesterday? No. No, I might have done one yesterday. I might have not done one Wednesday, and I did one yesterday, I think, and then today one. So it looks like it's going to be about three times a week for a heavy metal minute. Three times a week sounds good. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I guess I'm in my way. I'm doing my cardboard Megatron too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Emily's making masks. Oh, that's people. cool. So she's uh, she. I mean, she puts in. I want to say at least an eight-hour day every day on that. Wow, jeez! So, shout out to Emily doing her part. Yeah. So if you hear, I don't know if you can hear it. My mic usually is pretty good at not picking it up, but the sewing machine's running right now. <laughs> I hear nothing. All right, check this out. Hold on. Did you, did you hear that? Hear something. Yeah. Yeah, my mic. I got a decent mic now, so <laughs> it didn't pick it yeah, up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, we actually did pre-production a test because he's like, do you think I have to take a break while you do the show? And I'm like, no, I don't think, you know, let's make it so it doesn't pick it up. And we made it so. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think, I think, uh. Building cardboard Megatrons, that's going to have to be the, the, the term of art for the quarantine. I'm like, oh, you're out here building cardboard Megatrons. I'm going to start saying that to other people. They're going to be like, what that's are you it. talking about? Yeah. They're like, what is a Megatron? It used to be a, actually, a sign of you know having no life. Now it's a sign of, of having too much life. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're living life to the fullest when you're yeah. building a cardboard Megatron. <laughs> living life to the fullest. I'm like, okay. Shoot, I'm about to go uh, uh, start building ice sculptures. I don't know where I'm going to get that block of ice from. Yeah. I guess I just have to 
put together whatever. Like I, I bu- build my own little mini ice sculptures. I'm going to have to like start putting cups of water, like freeze them, then turn them upside down and find a little chisel. <laughs> and yeah, do it that way. And you're doing it right as the time is starting to warm up. The weather. <laughs> <laughs> Claw put a picture of Chad of himself with his mask on out at the grocery store. All right, Claw. Claw, what are you what are you listening to uh, when you're out at the grocery store, Claw? Like you're look. Is that so the the hot chicks don't talk to you? You're like oh, you're like I'm I'm sorry. I'm like, I believe it. I believe it. They're probably look. They're trying to get at Claw while he's trying to handle his business. Yeah, but tell us, Claw, what are you listening to when? Uh, um, what are you listening to when you're out at the grocery store? It's funny because I was out at the grocery store Friday, I think, or Monday. I think it was Monday, and <clears throat> I did a. Uh, I was like, hmm, maybe I should get, I still had a couple beers in the fridge, but I'm like, maybe I should get a, a case, you know, and, but I'm like, I saw that, like, a couple people ahead of me were like, they had beer, and they they carded them, so they had to pull down the mask so you could see their face, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna risk it, like, <laughs> you're like, I don't need alcohol that bad, yeah, well, you know, I have, I have, like, liquor, <laughs> so, <laughs> I could just have a little of that or, but yeah, or, you know, just ration it out (laughs) to make it last quarantine. That's the thing. Uh, Tiger Claw says, I listen to my electronic music, of course. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know why it made me like, what? what, I don't know what else I thought he was listening to. Yeah. (laughs) I thought he was listening to all games, video game music. That's what it was. Right. Everybody knows that when Tiger Claw, like Tiger Claw, listens only to the finest. I fucked up and hold on. Call Larry Joe. I fucked up, Larry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. What happened? <laughs> Joe called me because I, I didn't know if you were going to be on yet, so I just told him to call me when he gets home. But yeah. I should have told him to call you, and then now there's a gap of silence. In the- oh, it'll, it'll be okay. I was talking, and I was like, what happened? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh, it's okay, though. We're we're good. We're good. Yeah. And, you know, I, you, you told him to call you because you weren't sure Right. <laughs> yeah. So. so that's all good. We'll see if Jay gets in here. Jay. Jay. Hey. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, the silent assassin. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's up? Uh, Jay, we were just talking about, we we're just talking about cardboard Megatrons. Yeah, I saw that in chat. Oh, cool. It's crazy, right? That's, yeah. That's definitely crazy. That's the like be, my tablet. 
Larry said that that's going to be the new, like, what would you call it? The mark of something? Oh, I was going to say that that's the, the like, new ter- turn of phrase during the quarantine. Like, when you're doing something productive, when you're being productive in, in quarantine, we're just going to say, you're out here building cardboard Megatrons. Okay. <laughs> Jay is like, that's trash. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. I didn't mean I didn't mean to fail you yet again. You you had to have been there, Jay, when he said it. <laughs> you had to have been in quarantine, Jay. Jay's out here living life. No. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um I heard Daniel Radcliffe's been making Jurassic Park out of Legos. When you say making Jurassic Park, you mean like the whole movie? Or you talk about just the place? I believe just the place. Oh. That would be making the whole movie. Daniel Radcliffe probably has a house that he can build a Lego Jurassic Park. He has a room that he can build a Lego Jurassic Park in. word yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly uh so larry you were telling us on in the chat that ethan van skeever went nuts again on twitter right oh dude wow now that, well, I, for i don't you, know what his issue for all you out there uh people ethan van skeever is the guy that i guess he's an all right guy or something yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's pretty much like the he's the the industry professional for for Comics Gate, basically. Yeah, and he basically he, a lot of his art for DC featured like Nazi symbolism and stuff. And I think his sketchbook was called Mein Kampf. And uh, yeah, I think it was <laughs> actually. And he named his Rottweiler Rommel. And, Did he really? Uh, no. <laughs> Oh, about to say, I was like, oh my god! Look, here's the messed up part is I wasn't sure if you were joking or not. Well, I was like, uh, what? I I always thought it'd be like like giving a dog a Nazi name, even though I don't sympathize with them, would be cool because it's scare. You know, the idea is to scare the fuck out of the intruder. You know, but <laughs> half the time the intruders aren't educated enough to know who like you know Mengele is. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, it's like you got a German shepherd yeah, named Himmler. It's like they use mangled every day, but they don't realize it comes from Mangala, you know? Yeah. 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 But yeah, man, so Ethan Van Skeever is just like on Twitter, like just like taking pleasure in the fact that that people are losing their jobs because they're SJWs in his mind. You know, and, and you know, hey, at this point I've come to the I've come to terms with the idea of, you know, hey, this is when people say that that term they mean, but it's just but the fact that I, I, it's still strange to me that somebody's like, "Oh, you you fight for justice." Is yeah. <laughs> is a is a, a friggin' insult, but like, okay. Which is weird, because he made a career out of drawing people that fight for justice. I, it, for real, dude. It's like, uh, you know, and don't get me wrong, like, uh, different here, different superheroes, I think, there are different superheroes that technically probably would have different 
worldviews. Yeah. Like we, we'd probably be surprised by how many um, superheroes, like you know, if they were real people, would probably fall in different political camps than we might initially think. Because you know that's what happens. People are people, right? Yeah. But, but the thing is, it's he's, he's not like he's like, oh, I have this creator own thing and it's the greatest shit ever. You know, like based on my views and then this is why the people that make these heroes want me to work on it you know like he's not that guy you know mm-hmm. he's not fucking you know anybody that started like andy diggle or you know brian azarello that, that started with something like that just caught on you know even uh we were talking about robert venditti the other day you know yeah. like, he created the yeah. surrogates and then he got yeah. work doing major stuff you know like mm-hmm. he, he wrote he wrote an independent book creator own and then it took off they made a movie that people liked which now it's oddly fitting that's one of the on the quarantine watch list the circuits um mm. and yeah like and then he works for dc like ethan van is not that guy like he has a lot to lose if, <laughs> if the co- industry goes down uh well but th- that's kind of the thing where I think that he doesn't feel that way because he's like he's been I guess a lot of his stuff has been doing like the comics gate like yeah. direct pub like direct publishing the, the type stuff right stuff, yeah but those, yeah those people are going to be impacted economic too guess what's the first thing they're going to stop spending money on. I mean, are they, I guess. I, I mean, like, ask, listen. Like, I know we can't do man on the street, but maybe we could call random numbers and ask them if they're donating to. <laughs> well, actually, I guess we'd have to get actual Kickstarter backers and get their information. Like, are, while you're in isolation, are you backing Kickstarter? Like, see what the data is and dropping. It, you know, if it's actually dropping in the amount of people that actually are trying to fund things while they're in isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's a it's a very yeah. It it's a it's a very strange thing just because you know, I don't I don't under I don't understand like what it is that that makes somebody like I guess this vitriolic, you know, where it's just like I uh, you know I I don't know it's like so like just for example uh, this is a post from G Willow Wilson and it just says got just got the first of the dreaded quote unquote pencils down or quote pencils down unquote emails I imagine there will be more it was inevitable after the store closures and diamond announcement sending love to all my comic people. Artists, writers, retailers, editors, fans, this really sucks. That was what G. Willow Wilson wrote. Ethan Van Skeever's reply was, His Holiness the Dalai Lama said there were many ways to nirvana, but this is the quickest. Pure ecstasy. Pure ecstasy. Hashtag pencils down, SJWs. Hashtag comic gate. It's like, technically speaking, G. Willow Wilson, whether she meant, meant it or not, was including Ethan Van Skeever in this sending love to all my comics people. Like, you know, like, I, if you ask her, maybe she would have been like, oh, well, yeah, actually, I mean all of them except Ethan. <laughs> but, 
but she didn't say that here. <laughs> she was literally, literally just like, man, it sucks that the industry is shutting down. And Ethan Van Skeever somehow took that to be like, or not took it, but decided to, the, the best way for him to reply to that was, I like the fact that social justice warriors don't get to make comics right now. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That's, yeah. Like, that's really weird to revel in that. Like, even if you, like, I can understand Are if you, not? like, say, okay, I like my comics to be a, a, a particular way. Or I want my comics to be better. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to mess around and say to somebody that's making bad comics or, or be happy that the person that's making bad comics, in my opinion, doesn't get to make doesn't get to make any more comics i'm not gonna like be happy about that i'm just like hey you know hey it's like the let the industry decide what it is that they want to be buying or what it is they don't want to be buying you know and you notice that he actually like when he starts naming people or you know replying to people with these it, for the majority it's it's uh women writers that is true have you noticed that Trent? yeah like it, it, there's a let's see Yeah, there, there's like one guy I think that he just kind of goes on, but the majority is like is, is female writers, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I, I mean, like he didn't tell you know Eric Larson, oh he pencils down, you know, like Eric Larson kind of said the same thing. He said, I'm just not gonna do it. I'm not gonna put it out at all, no matter what anybody else is doing it, because of this, mm-hmm. and. That attitude is kind of like the SJW thing that he doesn't, Ethan Van Skeever wouldn't like. But he didn't say mm-hmm. nothing about that. Because, we, I mean, we've had Eric Larson on here. He doesn't give a fuck. He'll tell you to go fuck yourself. And probably, yeah. you know, if it gets down to it, he could probably beat his ass. <laughs> or get his ass beat, but he's not going to take it down like that. You know? Yeah. Uh, This was a... A tweet sent, uh, you know, talking about what Van Skeever is doing on Twitter, saying, that being said, I think Van Skeever isn't seeing the big picture that recent developments could hurt the comic industry in general, even self-promoting creators like him, like him, because this is mainly hurting comic retailers more than companies, but I feel he's too stubborn to get that. His reply to that was, bless the comics retailers, but you don't understand why Comicsgate is so durable in this crisis. We don't need retailers to sell our comics. We sell straight to customers and ship them to our or, and ship them or ship to them ourselves. Uh, one or two oversized books per year, fulfilled by U- USPS. Uh, we will survive. And so you know, I mean. And I guess in his mind, he's just like, you know, we, we make the the amount of product and the quality of product that a particular sector of the community wants. And that's enough for us to, yeah. you know, be be, you know, us to make our money. We don't need we don't need comic book shops. And, you know, I guess in his in, to his credit here, it's not like he, he didn't say anything crazy about comic book retailers. He's like, bless them. <laughs> He's like the places that can sell my books. He's down for. 
it's just the creators, I guess that I guess that disagree with him, or that he yeah. feels maybe put him out the industry. I don't, I don't know what his big like. Really? Yeah, I mean, because as far as I know, Comics Gates biggest like their whole thing is just they don't appreciate the direction the creative direction that certain people are taking mainstream comics but i don't know why they feel like they like they have some sort of special like some sort of special uh uh like this is this is something that's they're the first people that that's ever happened to like they it's like the way they act as if though you know it, the their their opinion on where the industry is is headed is somehow more insightful than when anyone else has ever thought like comics might be going the wrong direction i, I don't know or i don't know i don't know yeah uh, i don't know if either of you have any like maybe maybe i'm wrong in that Per, in that perception because like maybe it's there's something another component to it that I'm missing which is very very possible I've never actually I've read comics gate stuff but you know I don't know that I've ever had it particularly articulated in a way that helps me understand it uh, when you said you read comic gate stuff like the actual comics uh, you know, I've only I think I've only read one Comics Gate comic. Yeah. And I didn't like it. I, I no, I was talking about more like the like not, not literature because there's no yeah. Comics Gate literature as far as I know. But like, the but like really, I guess we're, all we're really talking about is like tweets and maybe yeah. an occasional post or blog post from like an Ethan Manskeever see, or something. I, I hate dudes like him. And you know, <laughs> if you listen to Fantastic Forum, you'll see a a, a little bit of an evolution. Where I used to speak a certain way, and it, you know, I try to make it humorous and kind of show you uh, how <laughs> how thinking like that could be kind of backward, you know? Right. It, right. And, You're almost like a parody. Right. And now I can't because these people like that feel empowered, and they're actual real people that think like that. You know? Oh yeah. And oh, it, absolutely. It's like they they're you know. They're making me have to get more creative, which I don't want. Yeah. That's too much work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's like it's just like how you used to be able to like make fun of the president. Right. And then it's like the stuff that you would be doing to make fun of the president is now stuff that actually happens. And so you now you're just like, Oh well now we have to like like all we're really doing is impressions now. We're not really right. We're not really. We're not really like. It's, uh, it's impressions. You know exactly what he says. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's literally impressionist. It's not it's not parody anymore. It's not like what if the president was so crazy he did this? It's like no no no. Whatever craziness you could come up with. I'm you know gonna... that, that's that's how come that that one season of South Park wasn't as good. <laughs> They're like, man, we can't even keep up with this guy. <laughs> I, I put the article in chat in case you guys want to actually read it. Uh, Derek H says it sounds like a bunch of men's rights BS. And uh, men's rights are real. Like men's rights are not BS. Men's men are good. Men, men are <laughs> men are good. Is that well, what you said? 
<laughs> yeah. The thing is, everyone can be good like, and everyone can be bad. Right. Like, we deserve our rights and our issues to be handled as seriously as women's. What? Like, we still have the highest suicide rate among us, and yet among like men still have the highest suicide rate, but our mental health is being ignored because we're men like they're more focused on women's mental health but they're not the ones that are killing themselves in droves now who is they uh Lawrence, if you don't know who they is i can't help you well i'm, I'm but really it's like when you say they aren't they're not recognizing men's mental health it's like like who who is it that's stopping people from recognizing men's mental health? The reptilian overlords. Because <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I would agree with you that there might be some stigmas to men seeking mental health, but I don't know that it's women that's make creating those stigmas. So then, what's the rights issues? Like, I'm just what? Like, I don't know that there's any rights. That men are being denied, generally speaking. Like you know, like if you if you want if you want to talk about like maybe you know like a uh, a uh, uh, race thing. That's you know as a black man, maybe that's a you know that I could see. But if you're talking about like what I'm like, what the, what right is a straight white guy being denied? Okay, let me let me assign everyone that's interested some homework. And we could talk about it from Movie Monday. Watch The Red Pill. The Red Pill is a movie by a feminist who's uh, debunking men's rights. Basically debunking the... Basically she's exploring like men's rights activists. And like why they're... Like why they suck. Like watch that movie. That'll give you a good idea of what men's rights activists are dealing with. But what, what I guess what I'm what asking you though is if, so the red pill is, it's basically talking about why, well, I guess here's what I'm, here's what I'm like. I feel like there's a difference between actual rights and men's rights activists or activism. Like those aren't the same thing, right? Like that's what I'm telling you to watch the movie. You will not be, well, I can't say you won't be disappointed. Like, anyone could be disappointed. <laughs> People are going out of their way to be disappointed these days. But watch it. It's informative. But, okay. I mean, uh, uh, that's fair. And, you know, I, I will watch it. I will watch it. But I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, like, if I, I get that, you know, Sometimes, uh, you know, like some ideas are tough to articulate. But I mean, can you? I mean, I, like, I feel like if if men's rights is really like an issue, at the very least, you know, you could give me an example of how men's rights are being infringed upon. Right. Like you watch the red pill, so you could at least, you know. Outline the ones said spoken there. Well, look, you're assuming you're assuming my watching. I have <laughs> not watched the Red Pill. 
Okay. So I'm glad we clarified why, why that out. Why watching it if you haven't watched it? I'm going to watch it for Movie Monday. Okay. We'll watch it together. I like but how he, he recommended it. Is, like, like... I actually, I've actually looked into this movie, and I've actually uh, listened to interviews by the creator. But so then you could at least... By the person... You could at least give us what? one right that's being suppressed. No, I can't. I, I see Burr in chat and he says, well, one thing men usually lose out on is child custody disputes. A woman could be pretty awful and still get her kid. But on the other on. Oh, but other than that, uh, it's it's a pretty it's a bit overblown. And, and I can definitely I can definitely uh, see that point in the sense that, you know, I do I do think that uh, some some courts or there there might be a little bit of a. a the scale weighted in the favor of mothers when it comes to things like child custody or, you know, even uh, when it comes to like, you know, divorce and things like that. And like, you know, uh, when it comes to like uh, alimony and and, uh, child support, things like that, even though I still don't know that that, like I, I don't know that that's a, a like I, I guess the way that men's rights is sometimes framed is is as, is as if though men are being taken advantage of somehow or being put in a disadvantageous situation by someone other than men. Right. Well, according to Derek, well Derek H asked the question. Uh, so women are the reason to have it so bad. No, not exactly. It's it's a lot more complicated than that. Like, you're trying to boil down an intense, complicated issue into black and white, and that just can't happen. There's so much gray. Well, Ethan Van uh, Derek also says, Jay is basically saying, watch The Matrix if you want to know why Pentiums are so bad. And only if you're talking about the first one. I would not recommend watching the second or third. Uh, they're not that good. And technically, the first one isn't that good, but I just love the the scene with the metal detector. You say the so first Matrix isn't a good movie? I'm not a fan. Like I like oh. I like the scene with the metal detector, and the effects are yes, revolutionary for their time, and it's very creative how they got those effects done. Like when you look at the behind the scenes and how the camera is actually rigged, like. Yeah, that's amazing. But I was not a fan of that movie that much. It's like I don't even know you anymore, man. <laughs> I've been like, saying that for years, though. No, but I've been ignoring it right until now. I guess it's, it's like, <laughs> I, think, I think the men's right activism was the tipping point. Now I'm hearing all of your bad ideas. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Joe Van like, Skeever. It's too bad he has tenure. No. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Van Skeever. Joe, Joe Van Skeever. <laughs> no, I'm way more level-headed than him. It's like, I wouldn't say I'm happy for the industry. The, like, I'm happy if, that the industry crashes as long as Alex Ross doesn't get to do any more art. Like, I would never say that. Like, that's Ethan saying shit like that. Have you ever said that you were, uh, you wish you were rich enough to pay somebody 
that was a good artist to just break his own arms so that he wouldn't draw ever again? No, I don't think I said that. No, I did. But now I can't. Well, I, was about to say, I was like, Jesus. I was like, what is happening? I can't say that anymore because of people like Van Skeever. Heck says, my right to catcall a pretty woman, don't take that away from me. Uh, Tiger Claw says. Interesting. Uh-huh. Because, one, no, you don't have a right to catcall a pretty woman. But I was recently on Pinterest, and there's a panel. Uh, it was a, they were talking about Harley Quinn and one issue, a guy makes a comment about Harley's ass and she pretty much like goes off on him and people are trying to like defend that guy. And it's like, no, you don't have a right. Like they're confusing. Like they're trying to mix the right to look and the right to comment in the same thing. And they're not like, you can look where you look as long as you're not like staring down, but commenting is not always appropriate or wanted. True. Tiger Claw says women can be pretty bad. Look at the situation between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. That woman is evil. <laughs> and I'm like, wait. So Tiger Claw took the situation with one woman and applied it to to potentially or to a, a segment of women I, women can be pretty bad look at amber heard yeah but johnny <laughs> depp was asking for it there was that other woman that fuck i can't remember her name even though i was like watching her court trial almost every day but she was pretty terrible yeah the one but that, not all women are like that the one that killed the dude in the shower yeah yeah and he was oh. pretty terrible too, honestly. Yeah. Well, terrible like, I'm pretty pe- sure he was racist. Look, terrible people find each other. And, and the thing about Johnny Depp, like Johnny Depp knows, like he's dated enough actresses to know, like they, they're they're a little unhinged. <laughs> like, yeah. No, sorry. Uh, Tech and Chessas, I totally have a right. Free speech, MAGA. And it's like <laughs> no, that's not what free speech is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but it, it's like you know, you you get a, a an actress like it, it's gonna go bad. Like, and, and you're an actor too. Like, there's a, there's a a weird power dynamic where it's like one's more successful than the other. They're never gonna be. They each are looking for the spotlight. They're each egotistical people that want attention, and it's never gonna work out between because they want to be worshipped even by their partner. Like, Johnny Depp should know that. He's old enough to know that. He's been around the block enough to know that. How come How come Lawrence Fishburne and Gina Torres make it okay? Hey, look at their look at her daughter. What's wrong with their daughter? Their daughter is, like, doing porn. Like, it, it, it just because... Why are you judging that, that woman? I'm not judging her for doing porn. I'm What's doing the, the reason for doing you gotta it. Gotta do it? The reason for doing it is they're all fighting for attention. But I'm saying the Gina and Lawrence have a very successful and loving relationship, and their daughter has decided Again, to I'm go not down saying, a particular. It's not necessarily a rule, but the like, the like if you look at the data, <laughs> it, it's Gina and Lawrence are the outliers. 
There's very few okay. like them. The fact yeah, that, 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 you know, that, a that few, could be so. A like, few I, of I the other people, a, a, few, a few of the other people that are like them also happen to be minorities. So that might be something in in the data to look at, too. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, you could. I feel like the majority, the when we talk about celebrity, celebrity relationships. Also, look at the, the when they got together, the, the, the age they got together in, the age that, they have a That's part. exactly what I was about to say. You know, like. Amber Heard, like, a lot Amber of time Heard, we talk about uh huh. Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, like they could be grand relatives, you know. Like, she, <laughs> I think she was like nineteen when he married her. Derek H says, "How does Lawrence know how loving the fish burns are? I have cameras in their house, Derek. Duh." <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think a lot of the time when we talk about celebrity relationships. Almost celebrities in general, like a lot of the time we're talking about young people. And, you know, we say things and make generalizations about celebrities when a lot of time we're talking about, you know, people in their 20s. And it's like, you know, like, I'm not saying that celebs or some celebrities don't make bad decisions or rash decisions or have failed relationships. But I feel like you can say that about people that aren't famous, too. And I just don't understand, you know while we're basically holding them to a different standard than the rest of us. Like, we all have a friend who's like, yeah. man, every time they mess around and get in a relationship, it, it turns into a garbage fire. It's like, it's not because they're famous. It's because, you know, that person has their own particular type of issues. So it's like, you know, I, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't know if this is coming off this way. I'm not trying to defend Amber Heard, uh, you know, I honestly don't know 100% what she has or hasn't done. I, I did hear that that tape came out, and I I did hear it, and I know that it's affecting her some or potentially affecting her career. They're, they're talking about trying to replace her as Mira, which uh, in Aquaman 2, which is kind of a wild Wait. thing. What did she do that was so bad? Well, she accused them of, like, of a lot of horrible shit, and almost like keeping her prisoner a little bit like they said that she accused him of doing drugs and trying to get her back so bad that he cut the fingers of his tips to like write a love note on her wall in his blood and shit like that it, it got really it got really fucking uh weird and the reason i know like you know i never really like i read all those stories but i didn't really judge uh johnny depp as harshly is because i heard um doug stanhope the comedian, like Johnny Depp's a big fan of his and had him at his house a lot. Like they were, they would do double dates to France, uh, <laughs> you know, just because they became friends. So he, Doug Stanhope spent a lot of time with them together and he kind of spoke out. He's like, I mean, I spend a lot of time with them and I don't know when he had time to do all these things, like even with the dates that she said, you know, <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> he even said like, who knows? Like I, I wasn't with them 24 hours a day, but I was with them like 20, you know? And uh, <laughs> like, uh, it's just, uh, when they went to bed, that's when we all broke. That's when we all left. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, like he, yeah, he would stay in his house and everything with Keith Richards but, too, and it, it was a whole, you know, it, it, it was like I'm like, oh well, Doug Stanhope. I mean, he would, he's somebody that I would, he doesn't give a fuck. Like <laughs> he, yeah, he assisted suicide at his mother, so he like he'll say whatever he saw if he saw it, yeah. But but basically, Jay, yeah, she was she was accusing him of being like abusive, and 
a tape came out eventually that kind of had her uh, admitting that she actually was abusing him. And so, so she just lied. Like lying I mean, isn't. It's not good, but well, she, she abused him work. too, Jay. She was like like physically abusing him to a degree, I guess. So I mean, our president is murder of hundreds of people. He Say still what? gets his job. Like, <laughs> our president is killing like hundreds of people. But he still keeps his job, so let her be Mira. Well, yeah, I mean, in a way, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I'm, not, see I'm not sure one should necessarily affect the other. Um, well, because I was saying, saying if you kill a bunch of people and keep your job, abusing one person, like that's not nearly as bad. Yeah, and the thing is, it's they those things. Ah, uh, I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, never mind. Because <laughs> it's like, like they, th- her, her accusing Johnny Depp of those things put her in a higher profile, and she got the Aquaman gig based on that. Like she got a lot that year when all that shit went oh, down. Why are you saying she got the Aquaman gig based on that? Not based on that, but like she became a more of a household name. Oh yeah, that I mean, and, she, and it and raised then, her profile some. And then there was a lot more movies that came from that. From that profile, you know. I mean, uh, I don't know if I would say it like that, but I I understand where you're, where you're coming from. It's like she's on pe- people's radar, yeah, that she might not have been. But you know, at the same time, though, I mean, she's she's a decent actress, so you know, you don't want to kind of like discount the fact that she's talented in her own right. I mean, she was in Aquaman. What else was she in? Uh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Because she wasn't great in Aquaman. Uh, (laughs) I mean, listen, I mean, you say it like that. I'm not like she might be one of the better parts. I think the only thing that was the only people that were better was like the, the Black Manta. Look, here's the thing. She was in Rum Diary in 2011. That's when they met. The shit went down. The only movie she did between then and there was one called London Fields and Aquaman. She didn't have any work once she got with him, according to this. Let me see if I can find a more comprehensive list, but... But like I said, yeah, I don't know. That, that profile helped her. Like... Yeah, I know she wasn't my favorite part of the Aquaman movie. Mm. Okay. She was so. Okay, here, uh, here, we okay. go. here we go. I'll read off her list, her comprehensive list. So, she was in The Rum Diary, twenty eleven. 2013, Syrup, Paranoia, Machete Kills, uh, Three Days to Kill, The Adderall Diaries, One More Time, Magic Mike Double XL, the, the Danish Girl, uh, I Do Until Look, I Don't. No, so, and, th- and then, she, hold on, then the shit went down and she got Justice League, Her Smell, London Fields, Aquaman, and Gully. 
So, like, out of all those movies, like, the only, like, real high-profile thing was maybe The Danish Girl, if I think that's the movie. Yeah. That's a high-profile. Like, why don't the movies before he met her count? I mean, do you know what they are? Not just anyone could be in the Machete film. Well, it, You've got to be qualified for that. Like, and, but even those films don't pay like Aquaman pays. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Anyone can get into Machete. Oh, how dare you. Like, I was almost in a Machete film. But you I was dumb. busy. You were, you were busy. You were busy at it. She was in Pineapple Express. Do you remember her in Pineapple Express? No. Exactly. I do. She was. She oh, was Seth Rogen's She was girlfriend. in Zombieland. Yeah. Do you remember her in Zombieland? Yeah, I do remember her in Zombieland. Who was she in Zombieland? Who was she in Zombieland? She was the other, the other girl, the one, the oh, one, Larry. like the girl. Huh? What girl? The 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 two girls that no. were the no no Larry. You're giving her way too much credit for that. She was. She wasn't that girl. No, it was the one that played the played Gwen Stacy, and the other one was Abigail Breslin from Little Miss Sunshine. Amber Heard was. So the, who was? She was the girl that lived next door to him, that turned into a zombie at the at the beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah, like. And in the Danish girl, she was like. In the Danish Girl, she wasn't like the main character. Like in none of those movies, she was the main character. In Rum Diary, she was the reason Johnny Depp got in trouble in that one, and I guess you know turned out to be in real life too. But, um, but yeah, she wasn't the lead in that either. Like she was the love interest, but that movie wasn't about it wasn't a romance, you know? Yeah, but I guess okay, so. Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't have to minimize her career. No, I'm and, not minimizing it. I'm maximizing it after the accusations. Well, no, but you're, you're, you're saying nobody was trying to hire for anything high profile until after her profile she, got hired. she was in the controversy. I mean... And, like, you know, like, basically, like, her, like, her playing a victim catapulted her into uh, some sort of stardom just if you were to like uh graph her her ascent into stardom (laughs) it it would i mean i I understand the the correlation i'm not i'm not disagreeing with that timelines match i guess what i'm saying though is like you know just because it happens to be that way doesn't mean you even thought you remembered her in the movie and you didn't like you were, yeah, given, well, you listen. were giving her more credit than she deserved. Absolutely, no, no question. But look, me, me not remembering someone in a movie doesn't mean much, right? But you could do that about anybody. But you chose to say you, you remembered her. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I thought I did. I thought that was her, but I guess you know, guess it wasn't. Yeah. Like I, I've known so, you. So yeah. I've never known you to be so sure of remembering somebody until, <laughs> until Amber well, Heard. <laughs> I but I'm like I was looking at her picture and I'm like, oh, that was that girl, what? Right? It was like I'm pretty sure that's who that was. Look, if you put Abigail Breslin next to Amber Heard, they look totally different. Okay. Yeah, but 
either way, I'm still like, you know, we don't like. <laughs> Burr says, "Yeah, Mayor got totally played by her." Damn, Amber Heard. Maybe maybe Tyra Claw is right. Women are terrible. Well, yeah, but I the, mean, the you know, I is, guess I guess uh, what more is, than anything, it doesn't matter whether I remember her career or not. It's like to to kind of mess around and just be like, ah, like, like, I feel like it's easy to discount her and say, oh, it's because of the controversy. And it's like well, and I don't it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. If I would have just discounted her yesterday by reading her credits. You would have been OK with well, it. If, well, listen, if you're going to talk about her actual talent, sure. Well, it's not even talent. Say, it's, not not, great, it's not even she's... talent. Like, here's the thing. It's not about talent. It's about putting ass in seats. I, that's I always say that it's about ass in seats. You got movies making tons of money with people that can't act. It's not about talent. It's about putting ass in seats. Okay, but so she, what are you saying? Before 2017, she couldn't put asses in seats. Well, but nobody's going to any movies but to see her. Right? Like, you didn't go see Aquaman because of Amber Heard. I didn't go see Aquaman. Well, like, even more so. I still right? haven't seen Aquaman. So what, what, <laughs> like, I'm, what I'm saying is, it's like, if you're going to make that argument, it's like, that's even, that's not relevant either. Because no, she's not the lead. She's yeah, not yeah. she's not the lead in anything. You've never like sat in in a marketing meeting, right? No, I've yeah. sat in lots of marketing yeah. meetings. And strategizing? You don't think you don't think part of like oh, if we put her as the romantic lead to Aquaman, people feel, you know, we can get the female audience to come in too even more because she she's hot right now. People are talking about her right now. Like you you don't think they would say that? Of course, of course, they might say that, but is Amber Heard really the person? The original Wasp. Wait, say again, Jay. It'd have been funnier if she got cast for the original Wasp. Yeah. Oh Jesus, really? But what I'm saying <laughs> is, if if that's the case, then why not go with somebody that's more popular than Amber Heard? Like she's not. The, like the it girl right now, yeah, but it's the sympathy, or at least when it's the sympathy money. I just like it to me. It's like it doesn't feel like she's a draw in that way. Yeah, well, but but it, it's also the studio that gave you that Justice League movie, that Batman versus Superman. So you got to take <laughs> that into consideration too. Like they thought those okay. were good ideas, they would think that's a good idea too. Oh, oh, okay. It's like that, that I can, that I can get behind. It's like if you're saying like they're over at making bad decisions over at Warner Brothers, then yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That like, could. That sounds like the type of bad decision that they very well, or the bad calculation that they could have made <laughs> at, at Warner Brothers. No question on that. So now I'm gonna drop my. But mic. yeah, but I don't. I definitely don't think at this point. I don't know that she should lose her job. For that, like, I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying abusing. And, well, you know what? But that, who, that might be a double standard, right? Because if it was a guy, maybe it'd be like, eh. but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it depends. It. I don't know how drastically it affected Johnny Depp in his career. Um, because he, I guess he just took time off from acting altogether. He did a few things here and there, 
And then he lost he lost some endorsements and stuff, yeah. I think. But then he just did music and he was he was actually actually doing traction like in his music, which is I thought was weird because his band is just a cover band. So like it's just mm-hmm. you're just watching Johnny Depp play and he's got rock star friends. So they like go on tour with him and it'd be a different band playing with him every other show or something, you know. Well, who knows? Yeah. But yeah. Maybe we should get into the actual topics, unless anybody else has anything to say about this. Joe? Um, all I want to say is that I'm praying for the comic industry. I hope it pulls through. Uh, whether you're a right-wing artist or a SJW artist, the industry being whole is better than it being broken. Yeah. All right, cool. So, um, Kiss Zombies first? Yeah, let's do Kiss Zombies. Um... I I think I talked about Kiss Zombies on the show in the past, but not a formal review. I think uh, I used when we were talking about Agretzko and how there's music in the comic, but you don't really know what the music sounds like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, this is Kiss, so of course there's Kiss music in the comics. And uh, The first issue I ever read of this was issue two that I happened to, I went to my comic shop and they had number two. They didn't have number one. Number two had come out that week. And I, I just picked it up. I'm like, oh, I like the cover. Um, actually, if you scroll up in chat, I put all the covers <laughs> in it at one point. Uh, let me load more messages here. Um, oh, at least I thought I did. I like. I oh, there you did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Oh no, there they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, there they are, Moses. So what? What when did you do this? Um, <laughs> that that's what I was. It was what I was doing when I was supposed to hit the get the intern to tell you where to call. Oh, got you. So, um, yeah, so number two, if you can look at the issue for number two, it's in between the two face covers, the one with Gene Simmons standing on the rock. That's the one mm-hmm. I got. And I really like that cover, but th- it turns out there's a lot of alternate covers, so I put a, as many as I could kind of find for you guys here. Um, but... I the one cover. Which one? With the zombie, and then they're like... The giant zombie, and then they're like on the chain. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like one really of those, like, like that is a really good cover. Yeah, um, but but um, the thing about it is, fuck, I lost my train of thought. You're talking about music and uh, how yeah, the, oh, the mute. No, that's that's what I talked about ten seconds ago. No, this is uh, <laughs> I I read issue two. Um, and then I went, I thought it was bad. Like it, it's bad, but mm. it's good. Like, so I, to read, I don't know if Larry, if you got to read any of it, but I didn't to actually appreciate this book. Yeah. I think of it like a B movie. Like there was a, uh, whatchamacallit, um, a movie that Kiss did in the seventies and they didn't even use their real voices. I think somebody just, uh, dubbed their voices in and the acting was just so terrible. And it's like, the Haunted Park or something it's called, where Kiss and 
these kids fight ghosts in a haunted amusement park. And it was the first movie Kiss did. And, yeah, and they, pl- they had music in it. And this kind of reminds me of that, but better. This is a zombie movie where Kiss is the only hope to to stop the zombie apocalypse. And I actually read, went back for this, read one through four in a, in a straight line in a, chronologically and got a better sense of the story. And it, the, the plot of this is kind of like Footloose. Like, they outlawed rebellious <laughs> music and, in turn, they, the government tried to, like, enforce that law preemptively by creating like a virus that would make people not like rebellious music and it turned into a zombie uh, virus and destroyed the world so it takes place um takes place i want to say like 70 years into the future but it's definitely like like three or four generations and yeah And, and then you watch these kids like they're in this they're in new detroit you know way in the future and they're fighting zombies and they're living underground and they you know this the main character girl is like i don't i don't like to live like this i'd like freedom uh, you know I, she she when she scavenges with her dad for supplies and shit she picks up textbooks and history books and and radio parts and, and manuals and just to learn what life was like and she built a radio and she heard a a, a radio distress call or, or beacon that says you know, there's hope in the garden, and then it reads off the map coordinates. So she ends up finding it, and it's the Madison Square Garden. Issue two, they find <laughs> they find um, the M- Madison Square Garden. They go to the basement, and they find Kiss cryogenically frozen in the basement. And then they're like, we came here for these weirdos? Like, what the fuck? Like, the guy <laughs> she's with? And then a, a horde of zombies comes in. And then Gene Simmons just says, oh, I'll take care of this. Hold on. And then he starts, like, singing, like, dun, dun, dun. you can hear the bass. Like, you just see in the lettering, you hear the bass, like, dun, dun, dun. and he starts, you see the lyrics, and he starts singing God of Thunder, and he defeats the horde of zombies by singing God of Thunder. Because it turns out they don't like music because that's how the virus was created. But, you know, you don't find that out till later. But it's like, oh, he's finding this is cheesy as hell. But, I mean, in my mind, just hearing God of Thunder was like, yeah. So when I first read issue two, I'm like, man, every issue is going to have a song as like a battle. And it, it wasn't the case. That was the only song you heard in the whole thing. And in order to save New Detroit, they actually have to go and play music there because that's the center of where civilization stayed and kind of flourished, for lack of a better word. And basically cross country in the zombie apocalypse fighting, you know, people that wear pig skin faces like masks. And animal masks that they kill, they just put them over their face and they, they kill people. And it's the living are, as, it's one of those things where the living are as bad as as the, the, the undead, you know, the living dead. So mm-hmm. there's one issue of that. And then when you finally get there to like I- the end of issue four, they get back to Detroit. And it's like, well, I know the final battle is going to be them fixing everything. And of course, they're going to play Detroit Rock City. Then I go look. And issue five didn't come out because issue five would have come out in this COVID-19 world. <laughs> yeah. So mm. I don't know if we're ever going to get that shit. But yeah. So issue four is it, said to be concluded. They're going to fight with the the dude, the leader of the original camp from issue one because he was the one in charge of making or he's the descendant of the guy 
and he's upholding those values of like anti-rebellious music with Kiss and yeah that's that like it, it you know and that's where I'm never going to see the ending of that because the comic industry is getting destroyed and Ethan Van Skeever is beating off while it happens <laughs> Jeez, man. So that was that was Kiss Zombies in a nutshell. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I had a fun time reading it. It, you know, it wasn't the greatest comic around, but you know, I'm used to like I like Kiss being Kiss comics being more fantastical. Like, uh, Larry, I think you read Psycho Circus back in the '90s. Oh yeah, no, I read. Yeah, and I definitely read that. That was awesome. I love that. Because it gave them more, it made them bigger than they are. And, and that's kind of, that's what Kiss kind of is where it's like, you know, they liked comics and shit and fantasy when they were kids. So when they be made a band, they used that like aesthetic and design and larger than, than life, like look into their music. Even they, they actually put more thought into that than into like learning how to play instruments. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how they did it. And then having them go back to comics and, you know, being into comics as long as I have, like I've been exposed to kiss almost as soon as I, <laughs> as soon as, as I got into, into comics too, you know? So it's just like seeing the different comic iterations. Like I think I enjoy all of them. Yeah, even though I like my favorite is Psycho Circus, and I wish that that's another one that didn't end. I think it got to like issue thirty, and then it got canceled. And, yeah, and then they did um, they 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 have Kiss versus Army of Darkness. <laughs> they have Kiss, uh, and Vampirella, and they got Kiss and a couple other Kiss comics on on Dynamite Entertainment. Where this is, they have quite a few. Uh, I think the Vampirella one is on IDW. Or they have one on IDW too. It might not be the Vampirella one, but I haven't read that one. But but yeah, this one this one is the one that I like out of all the other ones from Cycle Circus because it is like a B movie, you know, from like the seventies. And that getting that feel is definitely puts you in the right perspective to read this and enjoy it. What's the characterization of the band like? They're 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 just b the band, but you know they're tougher than like you know their their actual gear like that they wear is actual armor instead of like foam, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But but they they're more they're more they're less fun loving than in real life, and they're more tough, you know, more good at fighting, you know. Um, and it's actually funny because right when I got done reading it, I was watching the morning news on TV just to see what the weather's like and all that, you know. And it did, like Gene Simmons did a commercial <laughs> on TV to thank you know the people that are working for uh, that are wor working right now, like the essential workers and, and the the, yeah. the healthcare professionals that are risking stuff to keep shit moving. <laughs> and right. I'm like, wow. And I'm like, you know, maybe he's uh he's asking for donations or something. No, that was it. Like he just cut a commercial to do that. And he's in a place kind of like my my little workspace here where I got posters and stuff on the wall and and toys and stuff. 
and he's literally sitting in the station like mine. Only everything is kiss, and <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, I just want to thank everybody, and, and that's it. You know, keep strong, stay safe, and stay home. You know, that's all he said. And I was like, but that happened exactly as I got to the to be concluded page of issue four. I look up, and then it's like, hey, Gene Simmons here. It was so weirdly serendipitous. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, it sounds, it sounds, uh, I mean, like an enjoyable experience, even though you didn't weren't able to get to the end yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I already like pretty much know how it's gonna end. They're somehow gonna fight, and it says here, Derek H. I'm, Derek H. says, I'm pretty sure Gene demanded to be paid for that. Look, I'm sure he did. Like maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I doubt that he didn't. Maybe he had it made to his donation to his charity or whatever. But it, it was actually a bumper for the morning news. Like, I guess he did it for the born morning news. But either way, if if he got paid to tell somebody to stay the fuck home, like, he, he's working from home. Like, he's like we're supposed to, right? His, his time is valuable. If people actually listen to him, his time is valuable. He should get paid. <laughs> Quick uh, question, Mo. Yeah. Did you ever watch the cartoon My Dad the Rockstar? Nah. Okay, that was one that Gene Simmons produced. And it's like there's a not character, not caricature of him, but uh, one of the characters was sort of based on him. Okay. Uh, Tiger Claw. It's not that good. <laughs> well, a lot of those ventures that he gets into aren't that great, but some are. I mean, you, right. got, you got that. Um, they did like a, like a Buffalo Wild Wings type restaurant that's more rock and roll theme that he did, and those were getting pretty popular. But you know now they're not because <laughs> you know you can't go there. Right. Um, Tire Claw asked with the state. But I imagine if I was a fan, I would like the show a little more. Oh maybe. Um, Tire Claw says with the state of the comic book industry, the world needs Kiss right now. Uh, you sure. I mean. I disagree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was a, an enjoyable experience, and like I said, I know what it's gonna end like because they're just gonna sing "Detroit Rock City" at the end, and all the zombies are gonna die. The end. <laughs> you know who the world so, needs right now? Like, if the world needed a band right now, it would be the Cranberries. <laughs> And unfortunately, she died. Uh, their lead singer passed away. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure that cover that band that did the uh, cover of Zombie. Uh-huh. Like I only know that one song, so I'm not sure if they could take their place. Well, but yeah, if there was a band we needed right now, it would be the Cranberries. The song that they did. Um... Well, they did zombie, but they they don't sound like cranberries at all. Um, and it, I know it was, it was sad because on the she died. Uh, like they wanted to do the cover, yeah, as a duet, and the, loved the arrangement so much that she was actually going to provide the vocals for it. And she died the morning that she was supposed to record, and uh, it was really sad, but. The band, which 
is one of the reasons one of the reasons I still remember this band. Uh, they did the they did the song and they donated like all the proceeds from their single to the, her kids. So that was like so good of them. Yeah, and it, they actually had a, even without her, their version is actually pretty good. If you get to hear it, it's Bad Wolves. They 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 do pretty no, good. It, yeah, I can see why she wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, the the dude in Bad Wolves and the, and, their is actually really good. Like in the song, he's good. Uh, the dude in Bad Wolves is like he used to be in a band that I really like that broke up after like four four good albums. Like it was that era in music where the industry was changing and. They just couldn't adapt, and and they just broke up. It was a band called God Forbid. Um, they're from New Jersey, and he, uh, the the guitarist, is in Bad Wolves. And I'm like, I didn't really know Bad Wolves, but then when I heard that he was in it, I'm like, well, I guess I gotta support Bad Wolves now because he's making a living at it. They're a little softer than God Forbid, but that that arrangement, that version of Zombie, is really really good. Yeah. Now, Larry, you were going to ask me something? I was going to ask you how many small, like how many tiny Ethan Van Skeever penises out of five would you give it? Oh, I think Ethan Van Skeever has a, has a humongous dick. Like, I'm sure he's like, he has the greatest dick ever. That's why he's so angry. And, you know, he had a loving mother as he was a kid and He's never been rejected by any woman he ever desired, and he's had a great life. <laughs> so I would give it, I would give Kiss Zombies four uh, girthy, appropriately lengthened Ethan Van Skeever penis. <laughs> Because, you know, Larry, like, you and I have the issue where when it's too long, it might be harder to navigate in there. So he has it appropriately length. He's better than us. <laughs> that's gonna that's be what the, it is. That's going to be the title of this episode, just Ethan Van Skeever. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Yeah, listen. I was. I guess if 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 there was ever a time we're gonna get doxxed by Comic Gate, I guess it might as well be now. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> what are they gonna it's do? Like, they're, they're gonna kick my ass. I'll cough in their face. No <laughs> run scared. <laughs> now's, the ti- now's the time where you really don't. You can't. Like violence isn't the answer because you don't have to fight. You could just sneeze and they'll run away from you like little bitches. I saw a uh, a video of, I guess, a guy was trying to get on a subway that was crowded. And the people, were, I guess, you know, they were like, hey, there's nowhere, no room. There was a guy that was like basically in the doorway um, uh, of the, you know, of the subway car that was just like, you know, I don't know where you want me to go. Mm-hmm. And the doors were closing. And while the doors were closing, the guy outside that couldn't get in coughed in the direction of the dude. Like in his face, <laughs> and the guy, like says, like a, it looks like a New York subway. Got so angry that 
he put his hands in the closing door to try to get out, right? So he's literally like trying to force these doors open so he can get out and grab this guy. And while he has his two hands open, like, you know, holding these doors open, the guy coughs in his face again. <laughs> and the, the dude the dude puts his arm out through the little opening in the doors trying to grab this guy. And the, the doors are basically like, you know, Shutting. slam, like, you know, closing on this guy's arm. Right. And people are like, oh, like, you know, because it's being videotaped or whatever. The guy, the guy, the, the, the dude walks away because he's like, you know, hey, this guy is stuck in the subway. All of a sudden, this guy gets like the friggin anger Hulk strength and literally rips open the one half of the subway door and is able to walk out. Man. And then the video stops. Like, <laughs> wow. Like, like, did you feel like that? Guy got his ass. Did that guy f- got his ass whooped. Did you feel like I felt with Kiss issue four, Kiss Zombies issue a- absolutely. four? Absolutely. Like, like, but a- but but not uh, not enough for me to go find the rest of the video because yeah. I'm sure the rest of the video is there. Yeah. I just get yeah. But I was like, man, like it was crazy because this guy was just coughing in this dude's face, and it's wild how I was like that's seen as a sign of aggression now. Like, I mean, it wouldn't have been a good thing beforehand, yeah. obviously. But like we weren't now, walking around like, sharing coughs. Yeah. Yeah, we used to. I heard we used to cough to hide our farts. Now we fart to hide our coughs. Mm. Um, what you call? Yeah, uh, yeah. I did something similar, but it wasn't that aggressive. Like it wasn't a violent thing. Um, I had gotten a job, and my boss was like, "Oh, we should go to the porn convention." And I hear. I hear you know how to hang out at conventions. You go to comic cons and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, that's how I'm a little experienced in the world of expos. You know, this was before mm-hmm. everything had a convention, and they went to the one that was it, Erotica LA or one of the ones that we do here at the convention center, and he was a boss. He was like my new boss. I only been working with him a week, and he goes, "You down to go?" I'm like, "Yeah, fuck it." So we went, and he. This was at Starbucks. So he was my manager at Starbucks. It was him, me, I think, my brother, and then two girls that used to work with my brother and that guy. And we're walking through the expo hall, and then we go into, like, the equivalent of Artist Alley. And it's not art, of course. It's people selling DVDs. But they get their booth babes, you know? And then I guess a right. song comes on, and one of the booth babes jumps up and does a table dance in the middle of this little aisle that's already crowded as it is. And we're trying to navigate through to get to the other side of the convention center. And, of course, you know, these type of girls, they, they like attention. So once they see one jumping up and dancing and getting attention, imagine, like, I want to say about 15 tables, 8-foot tables on, on each side. They all start getting up and doing table dances. And... You know, the people aren't moving. Like we are now in this weird like, if th- it's a fucking hot fi- fire hazard. <laughs> yeah, like you can't <laughs> get through. Everybody kind of moved back because they're not trying to like crowd the table and they're trying to get a better view of everything. So it's like everybody took I want to say about a good two feet inward, and now we're all five of us squished. And he goes, "Man, we're not gonna make the panel or whatever we were going to, you know." And I go, "Hold on, I got this." 
and I go, I go, everybody watch out, I have a heart on. And man, <laughs> like that sea parted. Like we walked through <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> and then he's like, man, Moses did part the Red Sea. Like, I go, yeah, I used my staff. Yeah. <laughs> it's too good. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, that. And then, you know, ever since then, that I was on that manager good side. Yeah. The end. <laughs> That's funny. Now, you said you, you were doing a TV show today. You were talking about a TV show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, a, a new show that, that came on AMC. Um, it's probably been on now for maybe, what, like a month, month and a half or so. It's called uh, Dispatches from Elsewhere. And uh, it's a it's a really interesting and weird little show, man. Like, it's, it's like, and, you know, I, I wanted to talk about it. Um, Mainly because it's one of those shows where I feel like, you know, I could totally see people like maybe seeing a preview for it and just and just, um, you know, kind of being like, hey, you know, I don't get it, you know, like like in a way where. Um, um Like in a way where, like you, the the preview doesn't necessarily kind of, it doesn't necessarily give you the um, an idea of what the show actually is, and you know, or the commercial, maybe is a better way to say it. And and it's hard to convey without. I mean, even when you watch it, it's hard to convey. Uh, so you know, let, let's let's go out the gate and just say I'm going to explain this wrong, and you should just watch it. But I'm gonna try anyway. <laughs> um, it stars it stars um, Jason Siegel. By the way, Larry, it's not funny if you poke at fun at yourself for not explaining right. Like, but anyway, it's better when we explain it the day after. <laughs> so, um, and, and Jason Siegel is basically like this guy who you know he he. He works in data and he his life is very like samey. Like every day he basically or like every weekday he basically does the same thing. And the only thing that makes his weekends different from his weekdays is he doesn't have to go to work. You know, and he like lives this life and it's very mundane and you know, he really would love for somebody to like come into his life and like somehow let him know that he's like special in some way shape or form you know that he's like you know all this his life up until this point has been a particular way but that was all a preamble to like this new and exciting thing that's getting ready to happen and he basically um like takes a number off of a flyer that was that's being posted up calls the number and gets a message to go to this particular place and he goes to this address and into this room it's all like it's all kind of weird he he sits and sees a message from 
from this guy who's the head of this uh, this institute called the Jejun Institute. Uh, it's played by uh, the the character is played by uh, Richard Richard E. Grant, and which you know the name you may not recognize, but I feel like if you saw the actor, you would. And it basically kind of puts him on this path to being enthralled in this, like, mission to, to find this person named Clara. And he gets partnered up with uh, a number of, of well, with, with three other people. Um, one is Sally Field. The other is uh, Eve Lindsay, or Lindley, I'm sorry, Lindley. And uh, the last one is Andre 3000. And they, they basically all have had that similar kind of experience that uh, Jason Siegel's character went through and get teamed up to help or to, to try to find this person. But each of them has a different kind of take on what, like what they're experiencing. So that, that's kind of an interesting, like one of the most interesting parts of the whole thing where it's like, you know, the Jason Siegel character experiences this thing and is like, wow, we got to help this person. And so, you know, I need to, to, like try to to figure out how it is that we can find her uh versus like say the eve lindley character who's like this is all just a game it's like some kind of like you know um like augmented reality kind of thing where you know you're you're like you know you're playing you're, you're like every so often you kind of get thrust into trying to do this like interesting little game that that you can participate in when you have the time and uh like the the andre 3000 character sees it as like a giant conspiracy and like it's like a distraction to help um or, or, or a distraction so that people don't realize like what the people that putting this game on are, are, are really doing. And, you know, the, the Sally field character is really just really is kind of in a position where she's at a stage in her life where she needs something additional to do. And so this is like, it's kind of filling a hole for her. And, and so it's really interesting to like watch watch like this show through the lenses of these different people and how like these four people that are very different all interact and find like you know you see the stark differences and the commonalities the the first the first uh four shows basically kind of give you an insight on each each one of the people and so like you know jay the first episode was like focused on the Jason Siegel character and then each one subsequently features a different one. And uh yeah, I mean it's just it's 
it's a quirky show. It, it can it can definitely it, it definitely uh, has like a meta kind of vibe to it, and it, it breaks the fourth wall uh, sometimes with the with the narrator with the narration. And um, but it's it's interesting. I would definitely say give it a shot. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but for those of you that uh, you know, especially you know, you're at home and you're looking for something to watch, and you're just like, you know, like after you start watching a certain amount of media uh, back to back, you start kind of realizing like, oh man, like kind of watching the same thing over and over, just in slightly different iterations. This is not that. Like you're probably there's not a lot you're gonna watch that kind of has this kind of vibe to it. So I definitely recommend it. I, I've enjoyed it, and I, I think uh, I yeah, I'm not exactly sure um, where it's at in regards to like like how many episodes there is and like how long it, it'll be airing. But I know that if, you know if you have a cable provider, you can get it on demand. Um, and whatnot, and Actually, so I don't think I would say check it out. I don't think you even need a cable provider for AMC. Oh well, there you go. At least not like you know. I think if you have a cable provider or if you pay, you get perks. But I don't think you need it, especially for newer shows. Like old, you know, if you want to watch up backlog stuff, is different, you know. But because I know I watched uh, Nosferatu, Nosferatu like that, and the other one, the what's that shit called? Um, the terror. Uh huh. That's how I watched it too. Like I, di- I didn't have, cause my provider doesn't have AMC, so I just went on it and boom, just watched it there. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. But yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely recommend it, cause uh, it, it's called Dispatches from Nowhere. I'm um, Dispatches from Elsewhere. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, it's like, it's, it like says different and it's interesting because I, I feel like it, you know, kind of, it almost feels like in a way like the show is 100% of, the show's about connecting with people and how we connect with people. And, you know, that might be another thing that, you know, can kind of help in this particular time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but check it out. I don't think you'll be, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Even, like, I feel like even if you're like, hey, it's not the show for me, I think watching, like, an episode, like the first episode, you might feel like, you know, hey, that wasn't a waste of time. Like, I don't know if I'll watch the next one, but you might get something out of it whether you want to keep watching the show or not. Uh, GK128 is in chat, says, I still haven't watched any dispatches from elsewhere. They filmed it here. One scene, uh, the street over. So I should probably check it out. Cool. Where's, where's GK128? I don't even remember. He's in chat. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where does he live? In chat. He lives in chat. It's like, look, he must be paying Tiger Claw rent then. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Claw posted a news story that uh, uh, Black Widow will be pushed back till November, 
And Burr says, Black Widow November, just in time for coronavirus to come back and cancel into the fall. And <laughs> Burr says he's in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Tiger Claw also posted that Artemis Fowl won't be in theaters and it'll be going to Disney Plus. Which is a shame. Like, that could have done good in theaters, I think. What is that? Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl? Yeah. It's about a kid wizard. Mm. Okay. And what else were you going to talk about, Larry? What was the, the comic? Oh, uh, Road to Empire. Yeah, what's that? Which... So, so Road to Empire is a, a a comic from Marvel, and you know, um, Empire is the the like company wide crossover event that's gonna ha- well that w- was scheduled to happen for Marvel. Uh, that was actually supposed to start uh, this past Wednesday. It, I don't know if you remember they there, there was the story where they were talking about. Avengers, Empire Zero, and Fantastic Four, Empire oh, Zero, right. and they were talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about, well, it might come out just digitally, but not physically, and all that kind of stuff. Like those, like those were the books that were going to basically start kicking off the the Empire event. And you know, in that same tradition, you know, Marvel usually comes, usually has like a book before their their big events that kind of you can read that can kind of like give you kind of the key plot points as far as like uh like if you want the background on like some of the like the more um canonical or canonical influences behind the things that are happening in the event they usually put out a book that will give you some of that stuff and this is that book for empire road to empire and so it's it's usually formatted in like some sort of story format but it's it's basically just an interesting way to kind of give you like history and exposition on like some of the characters and so um the m like the event empire is actually about um which i'm trying to think what was that was was, i'm trying to think what book it was but Oh man, I feel bad. I can't think of what there was a Marvel book that came out that was um it wasn't no Marvel it wasn't Marvel Comics one thousand. I can't remember, but there was a book basically where you they did show that um Hulkling, the character Hulkling, um which you know was a one of the, a, a part of the Young Avengers and you know, for the longest time, people thought Hulkling was just a mutant, but it turned out Hulkling was actually a Kree Scroll hybrid. And so, um, there was a book that came out where Hulkling basically assumed the throne of of the the two empires of both the Kree and the Scrolls, and basically kind of like united them as one people uh, calling them the Alliance, if I'm not mistaken. 
and basically saying to to those people like, hey, uh, we're not going to be fighting anymore. We're going to we're going to uh, unite as one group and we're going to make sure that we take care of the real threat to us, uh, which is Earth. And it's about that's what Empire is about, basically, about these army of aliens coming to Earth to basically wipe us out because they feel we cause all their problems. Hmm. And I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> like, like it, it, you definitely could make a solid argument. <laughs> but Road to Empire is the story of a sleeper cell of scrolls that's on Earth and them basically still fighting uh, the Three Skull War because they've been they've been um, cut off from their communication and they don't know that the war is over yet. And so they're still kind of uh, doing the things that, that they've been doing and just been being an independent cell and part of it's it's a actually like a, a family of scrolls and part of of their mission or at least part of what the the mother does in making sure that her daughters understand and and help complete the missions that they have is you know them going through the history of like what they're what they've been doing and and why they do it and whatnot and so it covers like you know the the start of the Kree Scroll War in here. It also um, talks about uh, Mantis being the celestial Madonna, uh, and it basically talks about like uh, Captain Captain Marvel and um, like you know, the the original Captain Marvel and uh, how that leads to the the um like creation of of hulkling and so it just kind of gives you a lot of like little like little background pieces and and you know it's one of these things where it's like by no means is this something where you're not going to understand empire if you don't read this first it's more just additional additional reading where if you want to you know be a little bit more informed on the background of some of the key characters and some of the key events, um, it gives you it gives you uh, this book, and and then at the end, the, the events that they actually do talk about in the book and like you know actually show you depictions of, they give you like the comics that that those events actually took place in. So if you like, if you want like the full story. You can actually go and, you know, it tells you, like, hey, here's the, the trade you could buy if you want to know about the Kree Scroll War, or if you want to know more about, like, the character Hulkling, or if you want to know about Mantis and things like that. But this one is actually done exceptionally well. Like, the, the sleeper cell, the scroll sleeper cell um, uh, story that it encapsulates all that information in is actually uh written very well and and the art is good too. Robbie Robbie Thompson does the writing 
and uh, Mattia De Lulis does the present day sequences and Javier Rodriguez and Alvaro Lopez do the flashback sequences which you know the flashback sequences definitely have the um, you know the, the classic kind of art style going on for them so they look good too but the the um, the present day stuff done by Mattia is is really nice. I like I like the way the scrolls look. So yeah, is Hulkling still dating? I'm sorry, is Hulkling still dating I'm sorry. What about Hulkling and Wicking one more time, Jay? Are they still dating? No, they they broke up when he left. He left to go in, into space. Oh, shame! I thought they were gonna make it. Well, you know these celebrity couples. You know, they're just like <laughs> us, right? Yeah. So, what do you give this uh, Road to Empire number one? How many shape shifting thumbs up do you give it? I, you know, I, I give it. Four, four shape shifting thumbs up because that's what it deserves. But I, you know, it, it's it's hard not to feel the same way that you did in regards to Kiss Zombies because it's like, you know, th- this event was like really getting ready to kick off. Like that, like this past Wednesday w- was when those two books were supposed to come out. Um, and it was I'm sorry, it's Empire Zero Avengers and Empire Zero Fantastic Four. And then Empire Number One was supposed to come out on the fifteenth, and so, you know, now, now it's just like, okay, well, obviously that's not going to happen, and you know, maybe comics may figure something out, but who knows? Um, yeah, I it, I have the feel like I know I always say it, but it's like, yeah, we're never going to get this shit. But who knows? Like you said, I just hate the weight. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, un- it's unfortunate. But we're going to do what we must. Uh, you want to do some news? Um, or unless, yeah, Joe, I- Joe, you got anything that you want to talk about today? Um, I kind of want to talk about death, but it might be a little past our time limit. Yeah. We do it Monday. Along with the rest. Cool. Uh, you guys want to jump into a little news? You got news stories at all? Yeah, but, but Heavy Metal Minute first, right? Oh, I was going to do it at the end so you could listen oh. to it too. Like oh, okay. After. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, so you can just go... Right after our final thoughts, just go and in, in, into allgames.com slash live and listen. Sounds good. <clears throat> so, I have news for Switch owners. Let me, play, let me play the music, though. Cool. <laughs> Comic book news. We should have a, like, uh, like, heard a... <laughs> Well, not, not like that, but like. All right, go ahead, Joe. 
So Mega Dimension Neptunia V2 is being ported to the Switch in English. What is that? Uh, Mega Dimension Neptunia is a game that's about... Uh, it's basically a parody of the game industry. Oh, I think you talked uh, about in this... Oh, go ahead. You've talked about this game before, huh? Yeah. Like, I've talked about it different times. But in this volume, uh, basically the Saturn goes to another dimension and meets the Dreamcast. Huh. So it's it's pretty good. It's enjoyable. Like, I've been a huge fan of the series for a while. And uh, this is actually one of the best games in the uh, series. So it's like, yeah. Like, if you have a Switch, now you can play it on your screen or to go or however the Switch works. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oz sent us this story that in... The DC Universe's Stargirl, uh, is, they're going to feature Green Lantern and the Flash, a different Flash. It says here uh, a quote from, I don't even know who's quoting this, but the, here's a quote uh, from somebody working on it. It says, Green Lantern and Flash are spoken of and they exist in the JSA. There's a picture of them in the first episode and there's plans f- in the future for things. But Jay Garrick and Alan Scott to me are always the elderly statesmen. Oh, I guess it was Jeff Johns. He's the one that made them kids. They're the big heroes of the JSA, and their shadow is very long, and they're great characters. They're a part of the original JSA, and their legacies will be felt throughout the show. I don't want to spoil too much about it, but I can leave it at that. So I know Oz wanted, like, they're like, they, they better use the guy, the guy that plays Jay Garrick in the Flash TV show. But mm-hmm. they could get away with not having him. Yeah. Yeah, they could. Like <laughs> they literally had a whole season where somebody else was Jay Garrick and everybody was okay with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Tell new talk- season of Quinn oh, has started. The new season of uh, Harley Quinn has started on the DC Universe app. Yeah. So right. if you enjoyed the first season, there's more. And it's starting pretty much where uh, the last season left off with Gotham in chaos. Why, why, did, why does that happen so quick? Well, you weren't here on Tuesday when Joe explained how they did it. But Oh, how, how do they do it, Jay? They actually ordered, they ordered two seasons at once. Like, they ordered it as a full season of however many episodes, 20, and then they broke it up and took the first half and made that season one and the second half made that season two. So that's what you have the quick turnaround because they were all being made at the same time. Gotcha. Okay. So then if they're just going to put them out that quick, then what's the, like, like why order two? Huh? It's branding. Like, they didn't order two, they ordered one and then split them in half. 
so that they could present it as season one and season two. Oh, okay. Now I get that, but I'm like, why? If you're gonna do that, why have it come out so quickly? Well, have you seen what they have on there? <laughs> Look, they've got a captive audience. Like, if there's a time to push fast content, it's right now. Like, everyone is looking for shit to watch. Like, and do. So now is like the perfect time to come out early. I got it. Like, yeah, that makes sense. You know what they're make? They, you know what they want me to watch? Is what well, do they want you to watch? They're doing these fantasy battles, like brackets of heroes, and I'm just you're watching that, like, and villains. Like you're just they're giving me the alerts, and it's like they give me the alerts every time somebody gets into a new bracket. So it's like, why would I even watch it if you're telling me like on a text message? Like, and it's not something I want to watch. They, then they do this, like, D&D thing. You get to watch these people play D&D, and it's like, I don't give a fuck about this. I mean, I'm sure it's fun, but I don't – this isn't why I paid, you know, a year or two in advance. I want fucking Swamp Thing <laughs> and Doom Patrol, yeah. you know? I will say they're not the only ones doing D&D. Um, that's just – been popular for like a couple years now. Yeah, I get it. But you know, Justin Roiland has his. How much does um, Justin Roiland charge Sleep for his? That's his show. How much do they Wait, charge? Go ahead. How much do they charge to watch them do it? Um, I watch on Verve. So, well, if I did watch, I would watch on Verve, <laughs> which is I'm paying nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, but you're getting all the stuff, and Verve gets new things regularly. DC is right. not doing that, you know? Right. Like, I know, like, one of my clients plays D&D over Skype with, like, people around the country, like, his friends that play it. And he's like, oh, you should get in on this too, man. What's your Skype? I'm like, ah, no, thank you, man. I'm good. You know? <laughs> He's like, no, thank you, man. Yeah, because... <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, like, I, I would like it, you know, especially now, like, uh, you know, one of the pre-order uh, perks for the new Black Dahlia Murder album was the album is like a, a, a actual D&D quest. So they made the, the the Dungeon Master book so you can play their version of, of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, the Black Dahlia the Murder version, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, like, to me, that's great. Like, you could actually get the, the, the boards and the, the not the boards, but you know those things they put, you know, like that you read your little manual papers, and your pieces and dice themed with the Black Dahlia Murder like thing. It was like a hundred and something bucks with the album mm-hmm. and the shirt. And I was like, man, if there was a time for me to like want to do this, it'd be here. And I still didn't do it. Um, yeah. I did pre-order. I know I used to have the Usagi Yojimbo tabletop game. But I don't anymore. But it was pretty cool. And, yeah. So, it's like if there was any time for me to really get into that, it would have been that. And I still didn't do it. It sold out, like, in five minutes. Wow. Tabletop gaming is just having a resurgence. And part of it is because people are broadcasting now. Yeah. But, yeah, like, 
it's good on them. Yeah. Like, it's kind of cool. Like, even though I'm not watching, I like that it's there. I like that tabletop yeah. gaming is. I don't like when my content provider is, that's the only content they provide. <laughs> yeah. And that's not what I signed up for. You know? I get that. So, Terry Cloud just put a, a story in the chat, uh, which Marvel, I guess, announced the release date changes for all the MCU movies moving forward. And so, like we just mentioned, November 6, 2020 is the new Black Widow date. So, they're going to be moving Eternals to February 12, 2021. Oh, Shang-Chi is going to be... Say again? Great. Yeah, man. You can go see it for Valentine's Day, bro. Fuck that. You know you love Eternals. I hate. I don't even know what Eternals is. I never. I've never been an Eternals fan. I. I hear they're part of the Marvel history, but who knows? I don't know what the fuck <laughs> Eternals are. Shang Chi's gonna be moved to May seventh, so you can go for your birthday for that one, twenty one. And then Doctor Strange is gonna be November fifth, twenty one, so we can go for my birthday then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, in chat, Tiger Claw asks, will Fantastic Forum ever play a tabletop game and stream it on Twitch? And Moses Maglum says, no. Oh, like we're definitely caps. doing it. We're definitely doing it now. <laughs> and Thor Love and Thunder is, is going to be set for February 28, 2022. I was hoping so, all those got canceled. It's presumptuous. To assume we're going to be here in like two years. Yeah. Where, where are we going to be in two years? Why are we? What are, you, are you going to say like the human race is going to be done? Or are you yeah. just talking about us in particular? No. Just the U.S. Everyone else is actually handling this coronavirus right. uh, crisis really well. Like uh, they're reopening spots in China. Like they're already reopening. They have disinfecting. Places. They have disinfecting machines. They're like leaf blowers, but they disinfect everything. Yeah, it's like everyone else. Uh, Thailand, South Korea, like all these countries have competent leadership and competent governments, and we do not have that. We have the opposite. We have one that's like actively trying to hurt us. So it's like, yeah, we might not make it. Like, everyone's saying, like, four months. Like, that's fucking hella optimistic. <laughs> I mean, I will say this, Jay. Like, you know, I, I definitely agree with you that the leadership coming out of the White House has been lacking. But, you know, I mean, because of our system of government, luckily, uh, you know, we have states that can decide what to do uh, and and when. And, you know, we're very fortunate here in California that, you know, our leadership definitely acted relatively quickly, all considered. And, you know, things are, are a lot more decent here in California than they are in some other places. I, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I do think that there are some parts of the country 
that are going to be hit much harder than others, but we'll, we'll be here. Or the country will be here. Let's put it like that. You know, I don't know. You know, obviously some of us are going to make it and some of us may not. You know, there's there's definitely been people that have passed away. And it's it's really sad. And, you know, I feel I feel very bad for um, anyone who has lost a friend or family member because I know that, you know, we're in a time where we can't even <clears throat> we can't even mourn the way that that we're used to because of what's happening. Um but but we're gonna we're gonna come Order. through. So Burn Chess says, Burn Chat says, uh, China is just straight up lying about how many people are sick. Okay, I believe that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they at least have one, the leaf blower things. <laughs> <laughs> but Thailand and South Korea are supposedly doing really well. Like there's, they still have cases, but they've actually been pretty good at isolating, like fight with testing and isolating those who are infected. Yeah, they, uh, uh, Korea especially, is is definitely doing a much better job with the testing and all that. And uh, yeah, so I obviously our country we're doing a different. Where like our we're we're different parts of the country are doing different things, and you know we're self isolating in some places and in other places people are just going about their business like you know nothing's happening, so that's not good for us, but we'll we'll make it I guess it's just a matter of whether we make it with with a of a, a few states ravaged or you know, just some. Yeah, okay. Like, I hope for the best, but shit, man. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Any other news? Uh, no. Let's get out of here. We're playing that rap over All right. Jay, why don't you give me a final thought, man? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything today. I mean, just stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Stream shit on TV and stay out of the general public. Amen. Most Magnum, final thoughts. Uh, stay tuned for uh, Heavy Metal Minute. Yeah. For the entire Fantastic Forum, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We do appreciate you. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us all week. Please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what else you want to see us cover. Uh, and, you know, just let us know how we're doing. We hope that you have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, stay tuned for the Heavy Metal Minute. This is Fantastic Forum, live only on allgames.com.
They say timing is everything, and for Cattle Decapitation, it couldn't be more true. Uh, they released an album earlier this year, I believe in late February, uh, called Death Atlas. And the hit single, the single release for that was called Bring Back the Plague. Like I said, timing. Um, but now it's time to film the music video, and how can someone do it from isolation? They did it. They recorded the whole music video on their iPhones, edited together, piecing videos of, um, you know, people fighting for toilet paper and things like that. They made it into a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, um, and with the message of "stay the fuck home." <laughs> that, that's their, that's the 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 slant they took with this uh, music video. They didn't have it when they wrote the song, but they they added it uh, as another dimension to the video. So yeah, that's actually the song playing under my voice right now. And uh, you can stream Death Atlas. It's out now everywhere. Um, and it's out through Metal Blade Records. Uh, All Within My Hands, that's uh, Metallica's charity. Now, they have donated now about $350,000 towards COVID-19 relief, whether it's feeding, clothing, homing, and, uh, you know, education for kids. So... That's a good cause. Um, we talked uh, on the past Heavy Metal Minutes where they're doing their streaming stuff. Uh, $15,000 of that, uh, in addition to that $350,000, will will go towards that uh, too. That was all raised from their YouTube channel and Facebook Live page. And uh, another, now that kids are staying home, staying at home, no schools, uh, members of Megadeth. Anthrax, um, Alice Cooper, they're, uh, they're teaching kids how to play music. Uh, David Ellison, the bassist for Megadeth, launched his Schools Out initiative. It's backed by Grammy Music Education Coalition and the David Ellison Youth Music Foundation. And it aims to, to give kids free music lessons during this pandemic and isolation. Um, and it's got a pretty good lineup. You got Megadeth, Dirk Berberian, Kiko Lurero, Anthrax, Frank Bello, Alice Cooper's Nita Strauss, and Jimmy DeGrasso, uh, Five Finger Death Punches, Chris Kale, Violence is Phil DeMell, Sacred Rites, Dave McLean, Seven Dust Clint, Rowley, uh, Brendan Chappetti of Bleeding Through, one of my favorites, um, Suicidal Tendencies, Rod Diaz, and Soulfly's Mark Rizzo, among a few more. And yeah, you can, you can go to the the Grammy page on the internet for that. Um, and to end this Heavy Metal Minute on a positive note, drummer Will Carroll, we've talked about him several times in the past few weeks because he's the member of Death Angel, the drummer who uh, who contracted the virus while on tour with Exodus and Testament. And, you know, they came from Europe right at, at the start of March when this whole shit popped off. Um, but he's offering... Uh, a positive update he is now in the clear he, he's healed but you know they they had to put him in a two-week coma <laughs> to pump fluids out of his lungs they said they found uh, like five uh, what was the quote here he says <laughs> he says when I was in a coma I was for 12 days uh, I was in a coma for 12 days during my coma the doctors told me they had to pump my lungs of all fluid which was equivalent to five pounds of beer they thought I was a goner for sure. Um, he thanks everybody for 
their support in this time, and he especially is happy he got a message from J.J. French from Twisted Sister. He uh, he doesn't even know him, but I guess in one of the pictures he saw that uh, Will Carroll had a Twisted Sister tattoo, so he reached out, and he was happy for that. And one of the weirdest things is because he was in a coma, he's now learning, how, he has to relearn how to eat uh, solid food and walk again. He, he can't walk because it's almost like he had a, a stroke in a sense. But he also goes on to say that he's already gotten files to work on Death Angel's 10th album that's coming out sometime at the end of the year. So he clearly he can still drum. <laughs> he just can't walk or eat solid food, which is, that is mind-boggling to me that that's what the brain retained <laughs> while he was in a coma and lost some of his motor function. But yeah, it's good news from Will Carroll. I'm Moses Magnum. This has been the Heavy Metal Minute.